Hey, babe, welcome to the She Factor podcast, a space where we believe empowered women empower women. We're here to inspire, encourage, and equip you to live your best life and find your purpose. Join me every week as we dish out real life tips and tricks on all things juicy, inspiring, and educational, but of course, never boring. I'm Tori Ganahl, a millennial woman on my own journey to She, and your host of the She Factor podcast. Grab your favorite cocktail or Starbucks drink and settle in for real, raw, and hilarious conversations as we dive into what makes us as women unstoppable. Hey everyone, it's Tori and I am so excited for today's episode. I have a lot in store for you guys um, and it's just going to be a great one. We have a lot to celebrate over here and I'm super excited for y'all to hear about it. So if you haven't heard our huge announcement, we are hosting the ultimate virtual graduation party for the women of the class of 2020. It really just broke our hearts to know that the class of 2020 grads wouldn't get the opportunity to celebrate, especially alongside their friends and family, because that is such a big accomplishment to go through that process and to walk across the stage and throw your hat up in the air. And I know that was one of the best weekends of my life. And we at She Factor just really wanted to make this special for all of you guys. So we're bringing the party to you. We are hoping to have 10,000 women be a part of this amazing event or more. Sky's the limit. Um, and you actually don't have to be a recent grad to join in on the fun. Um, we want to reach as many women as possible, but it really is for you guys, the graduates of the class of 2020. This is really just meant to be a day focused on celebrating you and helping you create this life that you will absolutely love. So we'll have a full day of workshops all focused on launching your life post-grad. And then in the evening, we'll party hard with Bethany Hamilton as our keynote. Guys, I absolutely love her. If you haven't seen her new documentary, Unstoppable, it's absolutely amazing. Um, she's just such a badass. So she's going to be our keynote. And then Caitlin Bristow as our MC. I know you all know who she is. She's from The Bachelorette if you don't, but you can go check out in the first five episodes, we actually have an interview with her. She's been such an awesome um, advocate for She Factor, especially in our launch. So go check that out. She'll be our MC, And then we'll have tons of music, celeb guest appearance, and more. Um, we have tons of big surprises in store, tons of amazing giveaways. We'll be giving away a thousand she grad boxes filled with goodies from your favorite brands and then one lucky winner is actually going to be winning a scholarship to have their student loans paid off so i'm super excited about that um we really just want to make it a night you'll never forget tune out the bad news pop a bottle of champagne and just cheers each other on this huge milestone even if it's from your couch that's totally fine um and i didn't mention that it's actually totally free for everyone so we hope you're in say yes we'll be talking more about the end about how you can get engaged but you can go find all the information on our she factor instagram at the she factor so in honor of this event and the class of 2020, I wanted to do a podcast around 20 things I wish I'd known in my 20s. And I actually asked all of you guys things that you wish you would have known or things that you wish to know. Um, so I'm going to talk through all those things, some tools and resources that you can refer to as you start to build the life you've always dreamed of. Um, so let's go. Let's get started. Okay, so number one is all about finding friends. And I know that sounds so silly, but after asking you guys what you wish you would have known, this was like the number one thing that you said that you had most struggled with in your 20s was just finding good friends 
who you could connect with and who would be there for you and just having that really good support system. Finding friends in your 20s, especially if you just moved to a new city, is super hard. And I went through this myself. When I moved to Portland, I honestly didn't know as many people as I thought I would. I really had like Tony's core group of friends that he had grown up with and their girlfriends. And then I had my work friends, but that was really it. And I had a lot of trouble finding groups or places to connect with women that weren't forced like in a specific genre, like networking for my job or um, connecting with a church group or something along those lines. And honestly, it's a big reason why we started squads in the first place to connect you with other like-minded growth-oriented women. But it's really easy to get stuck in the wrong social circles and even just finding a balance between work friends, real friends, life and work and friends, all of the balance of things. So finding people who are going to support you in this life is so, so important to your success overall. So here's my advice in this first topic. Find people who are passionate about the same things you are. Meet people in like workout classes or church groups, like I said. You can even find people through places like She Factor, Instagram, Girlboss, LinkedIn. It's all about just putting yourself out there. And connecting with people who have that similar passion than you will kind of take away that first step of intimidation because you have something to talk about. Some of the most amazing relationships I've made have been through She Factor in the last year. Through connecting with women over Instagram, Zoom, shout out to my weekly virtual happy hour crew. If you want to join us, we meet every Thursday. We just talk about life and play games and get to know each other. But even through our events or even conferences I've been to, I've made such truly meaningful connections with these women, and it's been amazing to open myself up to a whole new realm of people that I would have never met before. And at Sheet Factor, we're really trying to set the stage for you to do that, but you can also do that yourself. So be open, be vulnerable, and also be picky. You don't have to be friends with somebody if you don't want to be. Choice is so, so, so important, which leads us to number two, keeping your friends. Also sounds silly, but another huge thing that you all mentioned was so important in your 20s, keeping your friends, staying connected with people. Choice is at the basis of everything you do in your 20s. The choice of what career route you choose, what partner you want to spend your life with, and especially the people you surround yourself with. Keeping in touch with friends is way harder than it sounds. Most likely, you're all living in different cities, you all are grinding away at your jobs, and you all start to go a little bit different directions. I know that's something I really struggled with is how do you keep up with each other in the different growth rates and um, you're just your lives are going different directions and your priorities change, honestly. But the relationships that are worth keeping and investing into should be easy. I cannot stress that enough. They should come naturally. You should want to spend time with those people. Like, I know for some of my high school friends, like, we don't really talk all that often. Like, I'd say we probably connect once a month or even less than that sometimes. But we know that we're always going to be there for each other. We're there to pick each other up when we're down or even just have a good old, like, happy hour party when we're when we're in need of that, too. And... Just finding people who will be there to support you and staying in touch with those people. And then looking at, like, what do you have in common with your friends? Like, was was college the thing that you had in common? Maybe that's not going to translate into your adult life. Maybe you don't have that, that thing in common anymore that connected you all. People just start to grow at vastly different rates after college. So just being aware of that is super important. 
you honestly might start to drift away from friends who aren't on that same wavelength as you. And that's totally okay. I wish I would have known that going into my 20s is just being okay with the fact that you were going to drift away from certain people. Don't be hard on yourself when it happens either. That's another big thing. It's so important to just appreciate what that relationship has given you on your journey and know that it might not be the right time to invest more into that relationship. So I guess my best advice on keeping friends would be to set up times for FaceTime dates, happy hours, whatever it might be, just to touch base and talk. I actually keep reoccurring meetings on my calendar. Meetings sounds so ridiculous, but reoccurring times that I use to check in with my girlfriends that I really, really, really care about. And then if that time starts to feel like a burden or you're not looking forward to it or if it's seeming a little bit like an obligation, it's probably not a relationship worth investing time into. Another piece of advice I think is so important is using friends as a means to travel and experience new things together. This has been so amazing for me. I plan trips with my friends. I go and see their new homes. I invite them to mine. We go see our college football team play at a new school. We take girls weekends to Vegas. Just experiencing new things together is such an amazing way to keep and build relationships. Next piece of advice here is just look at the relationships that matter and think about how you feel and speak about them when they aren't around. Do they make you smile? Do you feel supported by them? Do they help you feel like you can conquer the world? And then think about how you feel and speak about them when you are with them. Like, do you have fun with them? Do you appreciate their time? Or maybe you leave feeling really down and low on yourself or insecure or just maybe they don't put you in a good place anymore. Which leads me into the next topic, number three, letting go of toxic relationships. So when I asked you guys what you wanted from this episode and what you wish you would have known, so many of you mentioned that letting go of relationships was a challenge and that you wish you would have done something about those relationships sooner. And I very, very, very much agree that this has been a major part of my 20s so far. Looking at who in my life no longer lifted me up and empowered me was such a crucial part of becoming the best version of myself. So much of our lives can be lost to dead-end relationships and people-pleasing Raise your hand if you have that relationship where you're just always trying to please that person or do something to make them happy or even just like are always supporting them and they're never supporting you. Then look at the people who have your back no matter what, who will keep you on track with your goals, you can trust with your life and who honestly might know you better than you might know yourself sometimes and who will just grow with you. It's so important to just keep those people close. The number one thing you can do for your relationships is know who's important and know when it's time to let go. And how you do that is to start looking into your friends and who they really are, how they work, what motivates them. Think about what intentions they have in the relationship. Like who are they to you? What do they have to offer you? And also look at how happy and optimistic they are in their own lives and how they support you. Honestly, what helped me tremendously was just writing all of this down. This is going to sound so silly, but bear with me. But I actually made a list of all the relationships that were important to me. And then I went through and I answered all those questions I just talked about. So who are they? What makes them tick? What motivates them? What intentions do they have? Who are they to me? What do they offer me? And then after I made that list, I went through and I highlighted any obvious gaps. So any types of support that was missing, um, relationships that I knew I needed to cultivate, maybe even relationships that I knew after doing that activity needed to end. If that seems like a huge feat for you, 
I would just keep a diary or a journal of your interactions with those people. Start asking for what you need in everyday life and practicing those small but challenging conversations and see what happens. I cannot stress enough how many people have shown me their true colors after having a confrontational conversation with them. Those confrontational conversations, conversations around conflict are really, really hard to have. But if you don't start to have those conversations early and often, then all of it boils up and you explode, which I know has happened for me. And that's just a lot of pieces that you have to pick up off the floor and it's not pretty. If you've kept a diary or journal of those interactions at the end of a week or a month or whatever timeline you want, see if you have any changes to the assessment of those people. Like, do they make the cut on your list of friends that are really important to you? Or maybe after making an assessment, those priorities have changed and you don't want that person in your life anymore. Habit is also a huge reason why we keep people in our life. Think about a relationship maybe where you fight all the time or that makes you feel bad, guilty, even judged or shameful. We all have those relationships or even a relationship that makes you feel like an obligation. Maybe it's friends you've had since you were little or a family friend or even people like your sorority sisters or roommates from college and think about what type of relationship they offer you in your life. The more you know about all of those people and the more you dig into this and just think about what type of things they offer you in your life, the easier it is to decide if it's time to let them go or if they're important enough to you to keep around. Your time and your energy are so, so precious. Think about the energy that you give those relationships. Would that energy be better suited somewhere else in your life or maybe going towards a new relationship that has a ton of potential? I know for me, when I looked at some of those relationships that I felt were a little bit more toxic in my life, I found that I was giving them way, way more energy than I was to the relationships that actually mattered. And letting go of someone doesn't mean that you have to cut them off at the knees. But just being aware of those relationships and if a relationship is toxic or based on habit is so crucial to your growth, your happiness, and just your overall well-being. Because surrounding yourself with impeccable people is the best way to guarantee a life that you love and to know that you're supported. And the earlier you let go of the relationships that no longer bring you joy, the better. All right, number four, finding your passion. So we're going to talk a little bit about your career in the next couple points. Um, But someone submitted this to me, and I think it's so important to start the conversation with. But just because you studied something in college or got your degree in something does not mean that you have to stick with it. In fact, most jobs don't even require you to have a knowledge in the certain area when you're starting out. I didn't use my degree at all in my first job out of college. In fact, I think they almost looked for people who didn't have experience in the topic because it they could craft you into whatever they wanted you to be. Um, I'm finding that I'm using my degree a little bit more and more in my job now as she factor, but by sticking to that one vertical, you're missing out on the opportunity to explore different career paths and finding the right one for you. So finding things that get you excited and make you feel passionate is the first step. And the earlier you can do this, the easier it is to identify the right path for yourself. When you get this right, the work becomes so much more fun. Once you know how you roll, how you interact with others, what your strengths are, what makes you tick, you can start to see that we all have spaces to fill. If you're the triangle, you don't need to fit into the circle space anymore. If you're really good at sales, for example, and know that you're going to flourish in building relationships with people, then you can excel at that and then let yourself only have a passing competence in all the other things that maybe aren't giving you joy in your life. Taking that worry off your plate is an incredibly good 
feeling. So figure out what makes you jump out of bed in the morning. When I was in some of the worst spots in my life, my mom made me do this thing called mind mapping. At the time, I rolled my eyes and I thought it was silly and so unnecessary, but mind mapping is actually what brought us to start She Factor. Um, So just bear with me and I'll walk you through it. But when I did this activity, I found that I was happiest when I was working with other women, empowering them to be their best selves and just being creative and strategic was something that I really wasn't getting out of those times and something I really needed to be fulfilled. So mind mapping is really just a creative and logical way of note-taking that visually maps out your ideas. So most mind maps have the structure that starts with a circle in the center, and then you use lines, symbols, words, colors, images, whatever you want to convert that long list of thoughts into a colorful, organized diagram that works in line with your brain's natural way of doing things. So try making a mind map. When you do, you always want to start with an intention. So what are you trying to uncover? Is it your next career move? Is it making your job more bearable? Is it mapping out your dream job? Whatever it is, start with that and then start with a circle in the middle of your page. You want the middle of your circle to be a general theme. So for example, if you're talking about your career, then put career or job in the middle and then begin to branch out from there. Reform it. Don't worry about the structure. You can reorganize it later, but start writing down different things that bring you joy or that you love in your life. So for example, if you started with your job in the middle, just write little, trying to visualize this without, because you guys don't have it in front of you, but just make little lines coming out of that circle and then start brainstorming things that you love. So like it can be fashion, nature, being creative, maybe it's health or wellness, just have fun with it. And if you need more guidance, you can um, definitely reach out to us and we'll help you or you can just Google it honestly and you'll find examples. So now looking at those branches, how can you take it a step further? In what ways can you interact more with those areas? What career paths can you take? So say you put nature as one, maybe being a part of a weekly hiking group can fulfill that need, or maybe it's going on trips to new places to explore nature. If you said fashion, maybe you want to explore a career as a stylist, or maybe just um, working for a company that's focused on fashion is important to you. So don't limit yourself. Let yourself dream big. See how you can take this to open up your mind to so many opportunities. Play, explore, dream big. The possibilities are seriously endless and you have nothing holding you back. So what would that life look like? A life with absolutely zero limitations. If you come at it with that perspective, you're doing it right and you'll start to see just all of these new ideas and opportunities pop up on that mind map. Okay, number five, conquering fear. Let's talk about fear. When you think about fear, what surfaces for you? Is it fear of failure, not succeeding, letting people down? Is it change? I'd say when I talk to people about things that they wish they knew in their 20s, fear more than likely will always come up because I think there's so much that we are fearful of just because of the unknowns of life when you're in your 20s. You have no idea what life has in store for you. There's fear of not succeeding. There's fear of going down the wrong path. But It's such an important topic to conquer when you're younger because if that fear is still present later on in life and you haven't dealt with it, there's a lot more consequences. That feeling of uncertainty, anxiety, not knowing what's about to come next, that is called growth. 
So we've talked about this in other podcasts before, and I know that um, it's a topic that I like to talk about, but anxiety is such a buzzword right now. And I think that it often gets confused with just that feeling of fear. I don't think that all of us have a level of anxiety that needs to be medicated. I think that feeling in your gut is more than likely your gut just telling you that you're about to do something new and amazing with your life. So it's kind of a little bit like growing pains. As humans, when we go against the mold and take risks, we all have growing pains. That gut feeling when you're diving into the deep end and you're just not sure how truly deep it is, like that kind of fear, that's the fear that we're talking about. Imagine if you just never took risks, if you never went against the status quo, if you stayed in the comfort of your little bubble for the rest of your life, like life wouldn't be fun anymore. So working through this fear is where you learn the most what your limits are and what brings you the most joy. And the life on the other side of that fear is more than you could ever imagine. So whatever you're thinking about when you think about fear, and I know at this stage in your life, you have a lot of things to think about. If that struggles too much, maybe those are the roadblocks that the universe is placing in front of you. So trusting your intuition and knowing your intuition and then trusting and knowing yourself is so important because that's going to tell you if you need to shift course. You don't have to complain about being hard. You don't have to be whiny about things not working out. Just recognize what's happening around you and advocate yourself in the life that you're creating. Once you've figured out that you don't like to do a certain part of a job, there's really no need to attach motion to it. Now you know, and you can do what you need to do to build competence until you can work your way into a more fulfilling position, or maybe you tell your boss and they move around your role. That position might wind up changing and looking very different than it does now. So as you look at opportunities for the future, the degree, trade, or past experience that you've earned can be a good place to start. But like I said, those things are not limiters. I know I started off this section by telling you that your degree in geology might be almost complete before you realize that your original job path isn't what you thought it'd be. Maybe you don't want to study rocks anymore. Um, That's really fine. That doesn't mean you have to jump ship right now or that you wasted any of your time. So Build around the experience that you've gained until you've built the life you want. And you'll need to do this throughout your whole entire life. Like you can't just basically figure out what you want to do and then be on that path. Like you're always going to be figuring out what you want to do and things are always going to be changing. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. But try journaling on fear. Like I think that's the number one thing that helped me through all of this was just free writing, mind mapping, whatever works for you. Asking yourself, where has fear shown up in your life? Where can you identify moments that held you back? Can you identify moments where you pushed through it? And what did you learn from that experience? Like, what did the other side of fear look like? The more you acknowledge that fear, the more you can simply just feel it and let it go. What would your life look like if you leaned into those growing pains? If fear wasn't holding you back? What does that place of empowerment look like? Like, actually, what does it look like? When you're journaling, talk about where are you? What are you doing? Who are you with? What does it actually physically look like? Okay, number six. It's okay to not have something that you're super passionate about. My friend Olivia submitted this, and I think it's so important and something that we often get caught up in our our 20s. But you don't have to have it all figured out. That's one of the most important things that you can learn early on. You don't have to have your life all mapped out. You don't have to have the one thing that you're super passionate about because your problems are going to change. Your passions are going to change. All these things are going to look different at different phases of your life. This isn't an exercise that you do once. Find your passion, then stick with it for your entire life. 
So you're going to have an ebb and flow. And that's honestly what makes life fun. Discovering new things, approaching life with a sense of adventure, feeling the fear and doing it anyway. These are all the steps that you take towards real success. Creating life of passion is about knowing who you are and doing what you love without holding on to any other expectations. And two, the life you love and that you're building might go against the life that you thought you were supposed to have. It might go against your parents, society's wishes, your boyfriend's wishes, your teacher's or coach's wishes. But at She Factor, we like to look at goals and your life in terms of a game. So bear with me. I'll explain this. Games are changeable. If you're playing a game that you thought you'd like and you don't want to keep playing it, then don't keep playing it. Change it. In the same way, you have the power to change your path anytime you want to. All you need is the courage and the energy to make the change. And that confidence in your intuition and who you are and how you roll and all of those things will lead into that. You can build whatever life you want, but you're going to have to work at it no matter what. It's not just going to come to you on a silver platter. No one owes it to you. In fact, the world and society and the universe are going to throw curveballs at you and are going to try and pull you off course. So you have to recognize what you want and the path that you need to take to get there. And then you have to hold yourself accountable to it. The most important thing you can do is advocate for yourself and teach people how to treat you. It's even harder to do that without knowing what you want and need in the first place. So envision yourself standing in a place of empowerment. Choose to honor yourself in your life path. Learn everything you can about yourself so that you can start making confident decisions and believe in who you are. The smaller goals and accomplishments will help you build your confidence as you approach the bigger things in life. And at the end of the day, it's all a practice to just hold yourself accountable to. Keyword, practice. Okay, number seven, your dream job. One of the most dangerous things that you can do, especially after you graduate and enter the real world, is to take a job that's just a filler on your resume. Do not do that. Those early job choices completely affect your future career as much as people say they don't. So don't waste your time just getting stuck in a job for the sake of a paycheck. Those first opportunities and internships can define you. If you're not careful, they can box you into something. Maybe it's your career path. Maybe it's just a company in general. Like I said, even with your degree, don't box yourself into that. If you're trying to get into advertising, being a receptionist at an ad agency will far better your choice than a job at a dental office that pays a bit more and carries a bit more responsibility. So once you've chosen a path and you know what you're driving towards, it's time to go all in. Do whatever it takes to get your foot in the door. Intern, volunteer, reach out to people that work for the company you want to work for who are doing the job that you're dreaming of. Talk to those people, interact with them, get to know them, understand their goals and how they went about being on that journey. Take your time to decide the path that you want to follow. And if you realize it's not where you actually want to go, get out. Make a better decision the second time around. Shift into the career you want to follow. Just make advised decisions. And knowing yourself and where you want to go is the first step in that and always trusting your intuition. Another part of this is choosing the right company. Um, I think that's not something that we talk about very often either, but Asking yourself, does the company align with who you are and what's important to you? If you know you want to travel a lot, will there be a flexible schedule? If you're planning to have a family, what are the paternity policies like? You have to interview them, research them, talk to the people who work there and make sure that they have the right attitude and environment so that you can be successful in that environment. Because at the end of the day, you're going to be spending a lot of time with these people and at this company, hopefully. So you can do all of this work before you apply. 
And if you don't do the work, just don't be surprised when they are who they say they are and they don't give you what you want and need. So if you find out that they don't give you time off for having a kid, then you take the job anyways. Don't don't be surprised later on if that's a challenge. As much as you think that you'll convince them later on, it's way harder to change their minds than it is to just find the perfect fit for you. So be conscious in each of your decisions. The choices you make right now early on in life, even if you don't feel like you've started your career yet, have such an exponential impact on the path of your life. As you go through this journey to launch your life, your decisions will be more impactful long term. So be intentional about where you apply for jobs, where you're going to live, who the people are in your life, because the jobs you take, the people you surround yourself with, and the way you present yourself will put you into a box and direct your future, no matter how hard you try to not let that happen. And it's honestly never too late to get out of that box or change the path. But of course, it's a lot harder later in life than it is for you now. All right, number eight, work-life balance. This is a huge one for everyone, whether they're in their 20s or not. And there's always so many things to balance. And I think especially as women, we tend to want to do everything at once. I know I'm guilty of this. I'm sure a lot of you are guilty of this. But we want to have the big job, the perfect relationship, weekly happy hours with our BFFs, the perfect bod, the Instagram-worthy meals, make time for meditation every morning, while also donating all our time and energy to a good philanthropic cause and fighting for the betterment of our country. If that sounds overwhelming, it's because it is, and it's definitely not a path that will lead you to success. But the thinner we spread ourselves, the more we're sacrificing. So there's probably at least one or two areas of your life that are just not getting the love and attention they need. Maybe you're putting a little too much energy into a relationship that isn't giving you enough, or maybe you're putting a little too much money on your credit card every month, or maybe you just don't call your parents or your grandparents as much as you should. All of these things lead into our success. That's why we built She Factor around the nine spheres. Folk, flame, faith, freedom, favor, finance, fashion, fuel, and future. Because they all had to start with EFTA. Um, It's about prioritizing and figuring out the different areas of your life that need your energy. So if you start with making small goals or steps for the spheres that do need your energy and use the She Factor app to track them and score yourself and hold yourself accountable then you'll really start to focus on this holistic balance in your life. So when I was a year out of college and I was working my first job, I experienced like serious dark time. If you heard me talk about on the podcast before, sorry, I'm going to repeat myself, but I was so all in at work and trying to make a name for myself that I completely lost sight of everything else. My health, my relationship, my mental state, my finances, my family, I was 100% focused on my career. And that's when things started to crumble. I spent all my time either at work, thinking about work, dreaming about work, spending time with my coworkers. I was drinking a lot, eating out every meal, impulse buying things I didn't need. I wasn't working out or meditating or listening to what my body needed. I wasn't making the time to call my mom or check in on my grandparents. I wasn't even giving myself the opportunity to explore the brand new city I moved to or meet new people. So my relationship with my boyfriend turned into the same mundane routine of watching TV or venting about work, and I just got into really bad rut. Despite the way that my life looked, I still wanted to lose weight, eat healthy, go to Orange Theory five times a week, be the perfect daughter, be the perfect girlfriend, but I wasn't actually taking any actionable steps to get me there. I wasn't paying any attention to the areas of my life that desperately needed my energy. So here's where I started, and I think it's a great place for you to start too. 
I started by making a list of 25 goals or things that I wanted to accomplish. Then I chose the top five most important ones to me at the time. Then I held myself accountable to making those a priority. So when you start to look at life from a more holistic view, things just honestly kind of fall into place. I I know that sounds silly and ridiculous, but it's just the way it is. When you start to put your energy towards things that you're passionate about and that bring you joy, you have no idea how much easier life can become. When I finally made the leap to quit my corporate job and committed to She Factor, my life honestly did a complete 180. Like I lost 35 pounds, I bought a house, I spent more time with people that mattered and less with trying to fix relationships that weren't giving me the support I needed. I mean, my experience was pretty drastic and I wouldn't say that's normal, but this can come from just putting more of your time and energy towards the things you love. And then you'll start to find a flow and enjoy life more. Okay. Number nine, finding the one. If only finding the one was as easy as a few swipes on Tinder or Bumble and a big light flashing above our heads that said, this is it, but it's not. Um, So remember when I mentioned how precious your time is? Well, Giving and spending your time with the right person is even more precious. The more confidence you have in your intuition, how you want to be treated, and what you want from a relationship, the easier it is to find somebody who aligns with all of those things. I also think it's really important to talk about bad relationships here as much as we don't want to, but when you're in a bad relationship, your self-worth is pretty much the first and most important thing that takes the hit. And you honestly don't even realize it half the time. But when you look back on those relationships later on, you usually realize that you hung on too long. When you spend so much time and energy on something negative that you just won't give up, there's no room for positive energy and the things that you actually want out of life. It stands in the way of everything that you're trying to accomplish. If your only requirement is that the other person is good looking and single, then you're probably going to get exactly what you asked for. But once you start to narrow it down by looking for someone with a good job, ambition, relationship with their parents, who cares about the planet and giving back, some of that pickiness will help you weed out a lot of the bad eggs who won't make you happy anyway. So sit down and make a list of what you want in a relationship. Acknowledge your own wants and your own needs and value them yourself. Stick with it. If someone doesn't measure up, don't waste your time with them. The universe honestly has a very funny way of not letting us move on to the best if we're settling for the worst. So don't compromise and don't hang on to someone who isn't holding you up. And sometimes you don't realize how important this list is until you've made it and start holding yourself accountable to it. Everything shifts. Build out the ideal relationship. What do you want from a partner? What kind of person are they? How do they treat you? What are their values? What does your life look like together? What do you guys do together? Start being deliberate, be intentional, and remember that choice is always at play. You have just as much choice in who you spend your life with as you do with your career or your friends, and your partner should be a bright light in your life, hence why we call this sphere flame. Do they light the way to your ultimate goals? Do they keep that passion burning inside of you? Are they bringing good, positive things into your life? Is your life better with them in it, or is it worse? If you haven't listened to the episode with Jamie Bronstein, the relationship expert, and this is an area that you're really struggling with, go listen to it now. We talked a lot about making a list and how to start manifesting the relationship of your dreams. So that's a great listen if this is an area that you want to explore more. All right, number 10, starting a family. If and when you choose to start a family, know that everything changes with it. 
all your priorities get shaken up and no matter how hard you try to keep it in a certain order, it won't. Kids become your top priority above everything else, your career, your life partner, even yourself. So as much as you can, prepare yourself for that reality now. Kids become your top priority above everything else, your career, life partner, even yourself. Every single thing we choose is a choice to take from something else. And that's the clearest and strongest when kids are involved. So start planning now by looking at careers and companies that will honor your priorities and won't shut you out of opportunities because you're a mom. Get creative, craft a life around reasonable career and parenting goals. Don't make promises to yourself or your company that things will stay the same because they can't, honestly. And that's okay. If that's just If that's the decision that you want to make, make it with confidence and from a place of empowerment. Being a mother is so, so, so important to a lot of us. And don't hold yourself back from that opportunity just because you feel like you have to. And don't forget to choose well when it comes to the person you build the family with too. Sounds romantic and idealistic to start a family, but it will take more of your time and energy trying to fix a broken marriage or fighting to protect your family than it would to just do the work to find the right partner from the start. So there's this concept called millennial success sequence, which says that taking big milestones in life in a certain order makes your chances of success go through the roof. If you can at least get a high school degree, then a full-time job, then married before having kids, odds of you getting out of poverty or staying out of it are substantial, like 70 to 90%. Timing and the right partner are everything, and it's so worth waiting and planning for. And the millennial success sequence is actually a thing. You can go Google it. Having a baby is going to change everything in your life, your earning power, your career, your relationship, without question, whether it's fair or not at this point in our culture. So don't take chances and don't take this part of your future lightly. Take your time, be smart about your family planning, and give yourself the ability to make a clear-headed decision when you're ready and prepared. Number 11, travel. When I ask people what they wish they would have done or known in their 20s, the number one thing I feel like I always hear is I wish I would have traveled more or I wish I would have been smarter with my money so I could have traveled. Traveling and seeing the world is such a cool way to learn about yourself, experience new things with other people, and just invest your time, energy, and money into. How often do you say that you regretted going on a trip? When I pulled this on Instagram, 97% of you said that you wanted to travel more. So my number one advice here is just to create a vision board with all the places you want to see. Start planning them. How much money will it take for you to get there? Maybe you plan one big trip a year. Who do you want to go there with you? Um, The more you plan ahead, the easier it will be to save money and execute on. Although I do have to say that some of my favorite memories in my 20s so far have been completely spontaneous trips with my best friends, my boyfriend, my family. So another piece of advice here is say yes to those opportunities. Say yes to the music festival you've been dying to go to. Say yes to the cheap tickets to Hawaii and make it work. Say yes to the family reunion you might be dreading. You just never know what sorts of experiences are waiting for you on the other side of that yes. But money is definitely a factor that we obviously can't ignore. So number 12, saving your money. Saving money, everyone needs to do it one way or the other. Money definitely can't buy happiness, but it sure can help. We like to say that she factor. And money can just help you experience some of the best things in life, like travel or starting a family or checking things off your bucket list. I'm not going to talk too much on this topic because I'm a terrible example and I'm so bad at saving, but knowing what you want out of your life, having a vision for where you're going and thinking ahead on those experiences you want to have is a great start. 
If you haven't listened to the episode with Chloe Elise, I think it's number 39, go do it now. She has such amazing tangible tips on how to save your money. My favorite tip she talks about is this one. At the beginning of each month, write down all of your necessary expenses. So your rent, insurance, maybe it's a car loan or your student loan. And then look at how much money you have left after all of that. Of that money, how much you need to save for those experiences you're planning. Put that money away right at the beginning of the month and don't touch it. If you have anything left over for fun money, put it on a separate debit card or into Venmo or Cash App or something like that. That's your fun money. So you can use that for whatever you want. It's completely separate from your bank account. So if you have stuff left over on that, you can use it for next month's fun money. But make sure that you keep all of your necessary money and savings separate. Don't allow yourself to spend any of it. But seriously, go listen to that episode because it's incredible and she's so awesome. Number 13, paying off your debt. Chloe Elise also paid off $36,000 worth of student loan debt in 18 months. Like, holy cow. So all I'm going to say here is pay off your debt early and often. That doesn't mean you can't spend money on fun experiences, but here's my best advice on the topic. Check out resources like Trim. I use Trim. Um, they take your money from your account and put it into a separate account that you don't see every day. They also will negotiate down your bills and your APR for your credit cards. It's awesome. It's only $10 a month. Um, you don't have to keep paying that after you've already done all of that work. But use this to pay off whatever debts you have. Pay off your debt as quickly as possible so you can avoid any interest. And episode number 38 from our virtual finance event also has tons of amazing takeaways on this. Also, don't create more debt for yourself in the process. Don't put more money than you have to your name on your credit card. Credit cards should be banned, honestly. Credit cards can be very, very dangerous if you don't use them correctly. Your goal with a credit card should be to pay it down to zero every single month. Easier said than done, but think of the money that isn't being paid off as debt because it literally is and the interest charge is going to kill you at the end of the day. Okay, number 14, investing money. So many of you asked about investing money, and this is a topic that could probably be a podcast of its own, but I'll keep it short and sweet. Utilize your 401k, people. Number one top advice I've heard from all of the experts. Don't worry about stocks or quick investments. Just start contributing to your retirement early. The earlier you start, the more money you'll have at the end of the day. People don't realize that this is like literally the number one best tip to creating wealth for yourself. And most companies even match your 401k. We actually have a blog post on this coming out this week, so keep an eye for that. But we'll have everything you need to know about investing your money from a guest contributor that retired by the age of 40. So trust me, I'm not the expert here, and I've talked a lot of experts on this topic, and they all say the same thing. Just keep contributing to your 401k or retirement fund. And if you're looking to make more investments other than that, just do your research. Know what you're doing with your money. Don't make impulse decisions. Ask your friends who are in that industry. Ask your parents. Ask your grandparents. Just make advised decisions. Which leads me into number 15, buying a house. So speaking of investing your money, a lot of you said that you wanted to buy a house in your 20s. And I can say personally that investing in real estate is probably one of the smartest decisions I've made in my 20s. Um, definitely one that took a lot of time and energy to learn about and could also probably have a podcast of its own. But here's the gist of the topic and my number one, or I guess not number one, but just my general advice. So start researching early. If you're thinking about buying a house, start looking on Zillow about a year or two ahead of time. Just start looking at your options, how much different 
properties cost, figure out what you like and what you don't like, go to open houses, etc. When you're really ready to start looking, find a good realtor. My top advice here is just to ask around to those who you know who have recently purchased and ask those realtors to grab lunch or coffee and just pick their brain. And you can do this without paying them anything. Ask them all your questions. And I say ask somebody in your life who recently went through the process because those are people that you trust and they can tell you how that realtor did on getting them the best deal possible. And then most of the time, realtors actually work with specific lenders, um, but do your research on lenders too. You can ask your bank what rates they offer for home loans, ask your parents or friends what lenders they use. Um, Lenders and realtors are always, always looking for recommendations from their clients. So more than likely, your friends or family that have gone through this process will know the right place to turn to for you. Um. And when it comes down to it, honestly, the best thing that you can do when buying a house is just advising those around you who have done it. Everything they know about the process, what avenues they went down, ask them for full transparency. How much did you spend? How much money did you put down? How much is your mortgage? Just get as much info as you can from the people that you trust. Real estate is honestly a really great investment. I think as long as you can commit to paying off your mortgage, which is usually isn't more than what you're paying for rent, and you have cash for a down payment, there really isn't a reason to keep throwing your money in into the wind towards rent. But I'm not an expert necessarily, but I have bought a house and I think it's a great investment. Okay. Number 16, buying a car. Cars are not as great of an investment, but typically a necessity in your 20s because chances are are that your high school ride is probably breaking down or close to the end of its lifespan. I know mine was. I had a Jeep Wrangler and they're terribly made cars and I was probably going to have to start putting as much money as I spent on it into it. So that's never good. So I got a new car about a year out of college and I went through the whole process by myself. And my best advice here is similar to other facets we've talked about, but just do your research. Test drive everything, make a list of the absolute must-haves and then all the things that you can live without. So for me, I wanted something that had cheap gas because I was sick and tired of paying so much money for my Wrangler in gas. Um, I wanted something that had Apple CarPlay. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I didn't have any bells and whistles, so that was important to me. Um, Just think about all of your like absolutely like dying to have characteristics of your car. And then when it comes down to actually purchasing a car, make sure you're negotiating. Don't accept a price as is ever. If you don't feel comfortable negotiating, bring someone in your life who is. So I brought my boyfriend. I had my mom on the phone during the whole process. Um, Even if it's like a friend, a partner, a parent, whatever, having somebody there with you who has gone through that process is super helpful. And plus, it usually takes freaking forever to go back and forth. So it's nice to have somebody to hang out with while you're sitting in the dealership forever. Okay, number 17, transition into paying for everything on your own. So as you transition into paying for everything on your own, just be informed. Know what expenses you need to pay for. Know what expenses could pop up and surprise you like car problems or an unexpected trip or even a health emergency. Write it all down. Seeing it on paper helps you to just know how much money you have to play with. So making a budget can be super helpful for a lot of people. But for me personally, it just adds a lot of extra stress and burden to my life. So By knowing how much I absolutely needed to pay for my expenses each month, I can then make advised decisions on other things like spontaneous trips or nights out. I just felt like restricting myself from things that I loved doing was really hard. Um, Yes, obviously managing a budget is hard, but I felt like it was almost just making me want to impulse buy and impulse spend even more. So by not restricting myself from things that I love, 
I can now look at things on whether or not they're a priority and how they might affect my goals later on. So do I want to spend money on a cute sweater now or save for a condo down the road? Just thinking about where your money aligns with your goals is super important once you transition into paying for everything on your own. Okay, number 18, fashion inspo. So quite a few of you responded saying that fashion was something that you had trouble navigating in your 20s. Welcome to the club, girlfriend. Um, Let me start with this. The clothes you wore in college do not fit your new sophisticated adult life. I hate to break it to you, but crop tops and short shorts are probably just not going to fit the bill when you run into your boss at that brew fest or restaurant. So think about fashion as your personal billboard. How do you want the world to see you? Does your style reflect who you are, who you want to become? And if you haven't listened to the episode with Carrie Blair, New Decade, I think it's New Decade, New Year, New You, um, that is a great place to start. She's actually my mom and I's stylist. And by all means, you do not need a stylist, but I would say investing in clothes and investing in something like a stylist is an investment in yourself. It's super important piece in being the most confident version of yourself. The goal is to just shift the experience that fashion provides from a temporary, like emotional experience towards our long-term goals. If you're getting a, I deserve this feeling from overspending on clothes and giving up your ability to save for a house, an investment isn't bringing you meaningful returns. Fashion doesn't have to be about measuring yourself up against other people either. It's a tool that can accomplish so many things, and there's nothing fierce or future-driven about blending in or spending all your money on clothes that don't make you feel confident. So if you want to be bold and grow into an assertive, confident woman in control of her life, owning your fashion choices is a very important factor. I would say my number one advice here is just looking at the most versatile pieces that you need in order to maximize your professional pricier items in life. So if your budget is tight, try a temporary clothing service like Rent the Runway. It's awesome. I used it when I was um, working in corporate America and it just made it fun because I got to experience new types of fashion that I wouldn't otherwise. Um, You can also just divide up your wardrobe for different environments or moods and then build your budget around those priorities. Also, style, fashion, etc. is not just about clothes. It's about so much more than that. So it's about the way you present yourself in general. So go to a blowout bar, let them play with your hair, experiment with new styles, go to Sephora, have them do a makeover and teach you how to do something new with your makeup routine. Um, Even your house, like how do you organize or style your apartment or your house? That's super important too. But at the end of the day, well-fitting clothes are a non-negotiable. They make you feel powerful and confident and Everyone with any goal could use that boost. Dressing appropriately for your environment and context is also another huge confidence booster. Sending the message that you belong in the space that you're creating can do so many powerful things in your life. Like it or not, people actually make decisions about us within three seconds of seeing us. And so clothes and the way we feel in them get to shape that opinion. Okay, number 19, staying healthy. Staying healthy is such a huge priority for so many of you, and I know it is for me too. When it comes down to it, your health is everything. It keeps us from getting sick. It gives us more energy and keeps our mood in a good place. And when we focus on our health, we sleep better. We wake up feeling ready for the day. It's honestly all about confidence and feeling comfortable in our own skin. Not to mention it's just good for the soul. The only way that you can change your relationship with food and fitness is to just get super clear on your relationship to yourself. 
We all have stories in our head about the way we look or feel about our body. And if you don't know why you want to be fit or why you want to fit that mold, your efforts won't ever be meaningful. And you just honestly won't reach your goals when it comes to fuel. It will just be another thing that you tack on to the do list, like I was talking about earlier, where you want to do all these things like lose weight or go to Orange Theory or whatever that looks like for you. So top advice here is just think about rewards. Um, They say that feeling fit tastes better than any sweet. Um, But is that true enough to give up short-term junk for long-term results? So we're all more responsive to positive reinforcement than negative. So just start with a goal, be kind and encouraging with yourself and see yourself move towards it. If you don't want to be boxed in, then give yourself a menu of options to choose from every day, like get an all class pass and then pick up one that feels right at the time. Um, Maybe you care about working out with other people and that really motivates you. Um, Maybe it's about being fulfilled. Um, You know, at the end of the day, we call it fuel for a reason because fuel is what fills your soul and keeps you going. It's so easy to push good food and fitness by the wayside, especially when we're ambitiously working towards other goals. I know I've done it before, but all of this work that you're doing to build a life of passion and purpose and skipping out on being healthy will just make all of it irrelevant. So start to look at being healthy with that perspective. How can you best fuel your body and mind and spirit to hit your goals and live your best life? It's not about being skinny or fit. It's about being confident and able. Last, but certainly not least, number 20 on my list is staying true to yourself. So staying true to who you are, what your vision is, and what you want out of life is truly the most important thing above anything else. Because if you're not true to yourself, you will get lost so easily. And authenticity in all of this is so key. The more you understand about what The more you understand about yourself, what motivates you, what inspires you, the more you can break free of external expectations and dream of the life you want to build for yourself. When you live a life that doesn't match who you are, it's never going to feel right. Even if you have all the markers of external success, you're making all the money, you have all the perks, being inauthentic is going to get you nowhere. And being authentic is going to mean saying no to things that make sense to makes sense on the surface, but intuitively we know we're missing the mark. It's all about finding your niche. Authenticity leads to inspiration. When you're being your authentic self, we enter what we call a flow. This flow is what happens when you love what you're doing so much that time passes in the blink of an eye. So think about when you're doing your least favorite task or when you're sitting in class that you hated. Time literally passes at the speed of a snail. But when you're but when you live your life in this flow state, You'll be working towards success without even realizing it because you'll be spending your days doing what you love, totally inspired and empowered in your vision. And also don't give up, like give yourself a break. The beauty of time is that every day is new. Every day is a fresh start. When I was in my last job, something would go wrong. I would say, well, next week I can do better. Or maybe you have gotten caught up in a New Year's resolution, just said, shoot, better off next year. Um, Or even worse, a year passes and you find yourself setting the same resolution you had for the last five years and hope that this year will finally be the one where you do it. Stop that mindset now. Today is a new day. Today is a fresh start. Today is the day that you make a small step towards the life that you've dreamed of, which leads to accomplishing big goals, which leads to the life you love. So... I hope you enjoyed my list and my advice. I know it's a longer episode, but 20 things for your 20s, especially for the class of 2020, 20 just seems to be the magic number. 
Um, if you're looking to explore any of these topics in a deeper way, become a She Factor member because I've literally been spending the last month building out courses and workshops and resources on all of these topics. And you can access them for literally just $10 a month. And you get access to all of our events too, which is awesome. Um, and of course, if you have any questions or just want to talk, I'm always here. You can send me a DM on Insta. Let's chat at Tori Ganahl. Um, But I really hope that this empowers you to just be your best self and live your best life, especially in your 20s when it's the most important when you're defining the path of your life. So have a kick-ass week, everyone. Don't forget to register for the SheGrad Virtual Graduation Party. You can actually just head to the SheFactor Instagram for all the deets. But I will see you next week for another exciting episode. And next week's about faith. See you then. Looking for more than a weekly dose of SheFactor? Find us on social media at The She Factor or head to our website, thesheefactor.com to keep up to date with all the trends on our blog and daily she email. Still want more? Subscribe on our app for access to live events near you, special offers from our brand partners, and lots of exciting tools to help you launch your life. Thanks for listening and see you next week.